You're listening to 1001 Album Club, where each episode we discuss a different album from Robert Demery's book, 1001 Albums You Must Hear Before You Die. episode we'll be talking about david bowie station to station in the room i have ann hey and on the line i have rob i've got some thin white dukes over here <laughs> ben i'm a thick white duke and john just the duke for me station to station <laughs> is the 10th studio album by english musician david bowie released by rca records on the 23rd of january 1976 it was produced by david bowie and harry maslin and the genre is art rock funk rock soul r&b space rock art funk and i'm going to read from all music reviews Stephen thomas airwine Taking the detached plastic soul of young Americans to an elegant robotic extreme, Station to Station is a transitional album that creates its own distinct style, abandoning any pretense of being a soul man, yet keeping rhythmic elements of soul. David Bowie positions himself as a cold clinical crooner and explores a variety of styles. Everything from epic ballads and disco to synthesized avant-pop is present on Station to Station. But what ties it together is Bowie's cocaine-induced paranoia and detached musical persona. At its heart, Station to Station is an avant-garde art rock album, most explicitly on TBC 15 and the epic sprawl on the title track, but also on the cool crooning of Wild as the Wind and Word on a Wing, as well as the disco stylings of Golden Years. It's not an easy album to warm to, but its epic structure and clinical sound were impressive. Individualistic achievement as well as a style that would prove enormously influential on post-punk. All right, what did you guys think of Station to Station by David Bowie? How, how is this the first time hearing this record? Uh, I, really? I don't know. I had never heard this record. I was never a Bowie completionist. I love it. It might be my new favorite. New favorite, yes. Bowie. I'd never heard it before, except for some of the big hits off of it, like Golden Years. But it's it's wild. <laughs> it's a it's a very interesting record. Yeah, and this the is title track alone. This is the best Bowie I've heard thus far, and yeah, I hadn't listened to the whole record beforehand either. Um, yeah, I, I I don't find this difficult to get into at all, so I'm not quite sure what the uh, what the implication is with that review. Yeah, I get this it. is a it's a it's a mix of styles, though. I mean, you have your the avant sort of it's an avant rock album which they, isn't for everyone they might have been at the time too like it was unique to what was going on in certain ways maybe like i don't know plus this particular squad is kind of bathed in the blood of weird like i think everyone who's doing this review right now it has liked you know devo talking heads other things that are a little like off of center 
I mean, not even as much as you know. Can. This album is harder to get into than the other albums of Bowie's career at this point. Uh, this album, I, 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 I might be coming from a point of bias, but it, it had me from the get go. Yeah, mm-hmm. me too. I think it presents a different type of Bowie. I mean, Young Americans is a little bit easier to get into because of fame, or Spiders from Mars is a rock and roll sort of element of Bowie. If you're not so into disc. Well, I guess disco's huge at this point, but I was going to say if you're not into this sort of dancey mixed with angular elements of guitar, distorted guitars and things, I could I could see it. Well, and just like a survey of all the different like reviews that people wrote, it's like nobody can decide what genre this is supposed to be, right? My favorite like, that I read so was much, Ice Funk. Like there's all these different elements going on, so maybe that's they're saying that it's like kind of harder to classify and maybe harder to access because of that. Cause it's not like fitting in a mold. I don't know. But I really love it, with, it. We've kind of seen that with Roxy music. Yeah. I, I guess for me, David Bowie's like trajectory from this record is stuff that I'm more familiar with. So this feels very familiar to me, like uh, with uh, low and heroes and everything uh, coming up in like the next few years, like th- this doesn't sound like a, a very big departure from those uh, like uh, Berlin records. I don't know. It's, it's fucking awesome though. <laughs> this record, this record fucking rules, man. I, I love that title track, the 10 minute opening cut, just like a prog disco suite. Yeah. It's, it's awesome. I, yeah, I'd, and- I'd like to correct Bowie and just tell him it is the side effect of the cocaine. <laughs> this, this whole thing is the side effect of the cocaine. Yeah, this is, the, I, this is the the best possible Gremlins two option. <laughs> <laughs> it's like he's just saying things and making them into songs. You said yeah. Lady Gremlin, cool. It's in the movie. Like, okay, we, Golden Years, great. <laughs> you want to talk about Kabbalah? Great. It's on the album. <laughs> he doesn't remember any of this. Yeah, that's he my had, favorite part. He had absolutely <laughs> no recollection of the recording process, but the he finished knows. product proves that he was in fact in studio doing a thing. He knows that they recorded it in L.A. because he read that that was true. (laughs) (laughs) And correct me if I'm wrong, guys, but was this also the same time that he just kind of stumbled into Queen uh, recording under pressure and then put the vocals down? I thought that was also in a cocaine blackout where he was only drinking uh, milk and eating peppers. It would have been a later cocaine blackout because we're not at that point of Queen's career yet. Okay. Wow. Yeah, because this is Relax. 76 right now, yeah. right? Yeah, yeah, when I first read he was eating pepper, uh, eating peppers and drinking milk, I, th- I thought, okay, so peppers has to be slang for something else. And I clicked, it's on Wikipedia, and I clicked on peppers, and it just went to peppers. Like, disambiguation. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You know. <laughs> you know, peppers. <laughs> I mean, you have to eat something, so that makes sense. Yeah. Oh, you thought like it was some sort of like slang for like uppers? Oh, yeah. Like, oh, you know, like, like a popper or like an upper <laughs> right. or something else that was. But she's like, how do I get this drug? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, he was, uh, said it was a hundred pounds. I don't know if that's, I mean, if you look at it, so he did this at the same time as that movie Yeah, and he is insanely thin in that movie. Yeah. So it's, it's, man it's who very, fell to earth. yeah, it's really mm-hmm. weird to look at. Um, and those two were tied kind of tied together with this album, right? Like, wasn't he making the movie and experiencing the experience of making that movie sort of being an alien out of time and addicted. I think that the persona is tied to the album to some degree, but like Mm -hmm. this album isn't supposed to refer specifically to the movie in any way. 
No, right. I think the, was... the album art, like the cover image and the back image are stills from the movie, mm-hmm. but it's not like related musically per se. Right. Yeah. This is not a score to the movie. No, no. He, was... he was working on one. Yeah. The story varies. Either he was too coked up to like really be able to finish a whole soundtrack or they like insulted him by saying somebody else might do it. They would look at what he had and he decided he wasn't going to do it. But I think that nobody's probably like like everybody but him is maybe clear about <laughs> whatever happened. <laughs> so that's just what the internet says. Really hazy. <laughs> a I think, little hazy. Uh, was it John Phillips ended up doing it? Like Mamas and the Papas. Yeah, yeah. he recommended in, in him is what he said John too, Phillips. Which goes yeah. like contrary to the thing where he's throwing a fit about them not you know like it's just it's very yeah. unclear. <laughs> so is this the first full on disco song we've heard in Golden Years? In no. our reviews, I mean, I would call that Earth, Wind, and Fire mm. disco. Yeah, okay. that was disco. It's strange. I mean, there's hints here and there of disco, right? It, it, it it's not. It's like it's got it's got all the pieces, but they're not. They haven't all fallen into place to be what we yeah. define and I think disco that'll, as. Just that'll yet. come in cool. like a couple albums from now. We're gonna do ABBA Arrival, and that's full on um, pop meets the he- the sort of like dancey beats meets you know the the glitter the sort of like glitz of disco yeah but golden years was disco oh, enough yeah. for him to play soul train yeah, don't get me wrong it's <laughs> yeah it's there so, yeah <laughs> you can play soul on soul train can't you <laughs> nope just disco and funk <laughs> uh golden years did you guys see it was written for and rejected by yeah. elvis presley that's great <laughs> no i did not that's amazing. <laughs> when you listen to it with that in mind, you can sort of hear the Elvis oh, in it. Like, yeah, I, I want. I wish I had heard, like, been able to hear. <laughs> do you Elvis think he's putting a song? little like Elvis <laughs> well, affectation well, well. <laughs> on Golden Years? Because I, I read that, and after reading, I was like, huh. I don't I know. Hear it. He's kind of intentionally doing a little bit of Elvis. You say. song on this record now we're on to word on a wing i i, I love the the uh falsettos in like the, the chorus i had mm-hmm. to look up to to make sure because at first i thought it was maybe klaus nomi but it is it is not <laughs> uh but uh but it is it's a uh, uh his backup singer for a few albums warren peace warren peace <laughs> oh <laughs> very nice yeah <laughs> Yeah, Word on a, Ring, a Wing is a great song. Like, I, it, yeah, it's interesting how much his style changes from song to song. I mean, it's always Bowie, but now you've got a song that's kind of like art, rocky, blue-eyed soul back to some of his earlier style a little bit in, in Word on a Wing, right? Yeah, he's straight crooning. Yeah, this is absolutely crooner music. And it works. It, it, it works really well. For some, yeah, somehow David Bowie has a very unique voice uh, 
within the I, I'm a big fan of crooners. I mean, I like I like Morrissey. I like, you know, Frank Sinatra. I like I like a lot of crooners. But he has a very distinct voice that almost has this frailness to it in, in a certain way. Chet Baker had a similar sort of frailness. And it's like, it's not a powerful, it's powerful in its impact, but not in sort of how it's presented musically. It's more emotive it's, in some Yeah, ways, very emotive. Right? It's yeah. very cool. I think pulp kind of gets there too. We always talk about pulp, right, Rob? Oh, yeah. <laughs> I love talking about pulp. Yeah, who doesn't? At some point, will we be able to talk about pulp for pulp sick? Yeah, we are. Mm-hmm. Yeah, different Hell classes. yeah, we are. <laughs> yeah, hell yeah. We getting this as hardcore? I hope so. I don't but think so. But if not, so. just different class, that's yeah, fine. Yeah, I would assume so. And speaking of like different styles on this album, we're listening to Word on Wing now, it's crooner. And then uh, TVC15, he comes in with that like Huey Smith, like New Orleans, like Dr. John piano. Mm-hmm. But then he's doing like a, almost like, like, a, like a Lou Reed delivery over it a little bit. And it shouldn't work, and and it's just like, but we can't can't fail at this point. He's he doesn't remember it, and he's <laughs> he's, he's like just great. juggling all these musical styles, and he just lands on his fucking feet. You know? It's like a coked up cat. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> Did anybody else read that? Uh, supposedly, that's about uh, TVs. E- Eating Iggy Pop's okay girlfriend. Okay, I thought yeah, I imagined that. I, I thought it was yeah. like a dream that I had read. Okay, that is uh, the, that is the accepted story. That yeah, okay. he was, I guess, high as fuck with Iggy Pop and saw or imagined his girlfriend being eaten by the TV. And a, a TVC fifteen is an actual model of television in the seventies. It's a fifteen inch Philco Imperial. <laughs> Well, I really hope that Cronenberg was also in the room and got his inspiration for Videodrome off of that. <laughs> yeah. you know, like a five-year-old is, Cronenberg. Is, <laughs> it'd be hard to eat someone's girlfriend with a 15-inch yeah. screen. Well, if, if you're like only 90 pounds on Coke, like you could probably slide into oh, a 15-inch yeah. TV. Thin. Yeah. I feel like I could take a 15-inch TV. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you mean like you could fight it for your? I think, for that, your girlfriend? I think that even Iggy Pop's girlfriend could take a 15-inch TV if she needed to. Well, I, I don't know. She might have crawled in on her own accord. Like, I mean, it's like taking a laptop, yeah. right? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> yeah, it shouldn't be that hard. Depends on which kind of drugs you're on, maybe. Yeah, that's true. I've got I've got two 15-inch TVs on the table behind the computer right now, and I can I can affirm that I I could take these. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I have to. Not if you've only been drinking milk and eating peppers. <laughs> that next Lent, that's going to be my... Uh... Oh, God, no. <laughs> Don't forget cocaine, though. You also what need you cocaine. Everything except for milk, peppers, and cocaine. I'm sorry it's Lent. I need some cocaine. <laughs> no food, please. Get a papal dispensation. <laughs> I did think it was cool. He he really... Uh, I mean, he name-dropped Kraftwerk, and he was really into new and those sort of uh, German bands. And he did the the sort of black and white German expressionism on this tour, the six month mm-hmm. tour. I thought that was really interesting. I mean, coming from the, uh, he's always changing. I, I feel like we're just gushing over Bowie right now, but who cares? Because it's David Bowie. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But I, I we can I, no, he, we can I take a break from really gushing over him. Yeah, and uh, we can discuss the 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 fascist overtones of the Thin White Duke if you want. Just really quick before we get into that, uh, <laughs> uh, so much so he liked um, he liked what Kraftwerk was doing that like 
his uh, the music that would come on like after the encore would be Kraftwerk's Radioactivity uh, oh, on this cool. tour. Yeah, that's yeah, awesome. I fucking loved what they were up to. Uh, but yeah, uh, Bowie as a Nazi sympathizer. Let's talk about that. That's fun. <laughs> yeah, he's getting into he uh, he's reading about Hitler, getting into Aleister Crowley, mythology, religion, all this stuff. And does anybody have the quote? Because I think it, he said something like Hitler was the first rock star or something like that. <laughs> yeah, he said he was as better than Jagger. Jagger. Yeah. What, what, he could really about, play a country or something. Yeah, like he could play the state or it was yeah. something like that. I, I don't have the hmm. exact quote. Yeah. Unfortunate. Uh, I, yeah, I don't like know a, if he ba- sounds like a bad joke or it sounds like a. I mean, he av- he disavowed it later. Yeah. So that's good. <laughs> and the Thin White Duke persona is supposed to be like a heartless piece of shit. Like right. having yeah, all this an- emotive. And com- is sort like, of very like, Aryan connected, right? With yeah. The, like the presentation of it is very like. The, the, I didn't, I didn't write that. There's one quote that I wrote down from him over, over this. And, uh, it was regarding Los Angeles as a city. Uh, that fucking place should be wiped off the face of the earth (laughs) (laughs) is what he said. And at that point in time, he was, uh, when this was being recorded, uh, he was living in a house full of, uh, Egyptian artifacts, burning black candles, seeing bodies fall past the windows, having his semen stolen by witches Receiving secret messages from the Rolling Stones and living in morbid fear of Jimmy Page. (laughs) (laughs) The crowning jewel of that list. There there is a known psychological uh, condition known as like cocaine psychosis or stimulant psychosis. So he definitely probably pushed himself all the way there. And then like if you're pushing yourself there with the stuff that you're putting in your body and then on top of that, your mind is like, oh, I'm going to study the Kabbalah right now. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Like that'll get you real wild. (laughs) Like, what if like most of that was cocaine delusions, but actually Jimmy Page was fucking with him? <laughs> like, oh man, that'd be awesome! Like, that hiding, in, hiding in the shrubs with a, with a hatchet or something. <laughs> just dro- dropping mannequins past the window. <laughs> <laughs> like, it was just an elaborate prank I, war. <laughs> I bet if Jimmy Page put on a witch hat, I, I bet he could fool. Uh, David Bowie and thinking he was a witch when he yeah. came in the Steelers team. I, steal <laughs> yeah. I, I, think, I think if he put on a witch hat, David Bowie would have let him jerk him off. <laughs> maybe that's what happened. Maybe. And maybe that's the rest of the story. <laughs> <laughs> you heard it here first. Get <laughs> yourself Epic a witch hat and a pound of cocaine. <laughs> Crime or uh, history detective. Yeah. <laughs> 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 shit man this album is so good it's great this, this is one of the first like actual bowie albums i ran into after just listening to the best of in high school a bunch 
like oh, cool oddly That's awesome. but like i have it on vinyl and mm. it's like and for me it doesn't it doesn't feel strange or like different because it is very like it's the centerpiece it's sort of the yeah. starting point yeah it holds all the different pieces of all that best of bowie that i was familiar with i guess but like god it's really great it does feel yeah. like a crux like an in between like it it straddles a lot of different elements right i mean it's i mean it, I'll, I'll be I'll be honest with you. I think that Aladdin Sane and um, was it Young Americans was the last one we did. Yeah, yeah. Uh, mm-hmm. the, the, those those both have songs that drag a little bit. This album has no drag to it at all. Like hmm. it's thirty eight minutes in and out, and like just hit, hits on all cylinders. Mm-hmm. The length so of maybe the song that is, doesn't bother me at all on this album either. No, opening track being 10 minutes, like it just ends up being a suite. Yeah. <laughs> like it's a th- three or four part, uh, like little uh, mini opus. I fucking love it. Yeah. So cool. Uh, how'd this do on the album or on the on the charts? This was his what? highest selling album in the US until he released The Next Day in 2013. <laughs> what? Yeah. Whoa. Was that Holy mostly fueled shit. by the power of golden years or what? Yeah. I, what I don't. Probably. Maybe, yeah, and maybe movie, everyone was maybe, just primed for some ice funk. Like the movie thing, maybe. <laughs> I I maybe, have a, yeah. kind of have a theory about this year. This year and next year is the, it's sort of the golden, golden years, if you will, of records. Right. We're going to be doing Hotel California, Boston, like all these albums. It is it seems like it was the prime. It was the prime time for people to have hi-fi stereos, have enough cash in their pocket to to buy these things and it not be oversaturated. So everybody was concentrating on certain albums, not to take any uh, any of the worlds away from Bowie. Obviously, this is a great record, but. But I think there's something about this particular era that it seems like there's a lot of albums at this time that are very, very high selling. A lot of good ones, too. Yeah, they're good. Yeah. I'm not saying that they're not bad albums. It's just it's like astronomically they're they're huge. Like, I think that we also saw that again in like the 90s, like 94 to, you know, 96 or something like when CDs came out and then everybody was rebuying this stuff, like every, mm-hmm. all the young people, all the old people were, were buying CDs at a, a critical time. And now we hasn't, haven't really seen that yet. Come back. That's because the internet and streaming yeah. who needs physical media anymore. <laughs> I can this just guy. pay a service. Yeah. Let's get station to station. $10 I did look up month. station to station on vinyl. It's, it's oh. not a cheap, I have no, an expensive no, record. Not, well, it's not expensive, but it's I'm not as cheap as, as you would think it would be. <laughs> if it was as high as selling, it seems like there'd be millions Lots of them out there. Lots of copies, yeah. 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 Huh. Or a There's record a, day re-release or something. Or? They, they, that they would be nice. Re, they definitely re-released it. Um, Bowie had Bo, like the cover art on the re-release is like the original still from the, uh, the movie, and Bowie didn't want that original still, which is why it's cut down in black and white on the uh, the cover, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah. He, he said thought the sky, the sky looked, looked artificial. Yeah. 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 But back to normal now. Um, so there there has been a re-release, so we can probably find it somewhere. Yeah. Sometime. Shit. I love yeah. it. Thanks, Bowie. 
Yeah. This album fucking rips. Yeah. Oh, and how one. about how about the one cover? Uh Wild is the Wind. Uh Nina oh, yeah. Simone didn't write it, but she made it famous. And mm-hmm. his version of it was a, a tribute to her version of it. And I didn't know that the first time I heard the song. And then I read that and then I played it back. And now I can't unhear like I, I I'm not familiar with the Nina Simone version, but I can hear her through the Bowie version. Like I can hear mm-hmm. him like I don't know. I I can definitely picture her her doing it. You know. Yeah. Were you not uh, on that episode? Because we did. Oh, I was. I knew that song. That's why. That's why it's so familiar to me. Yeah. Yeah. We did. We we have talked at length about it. I now recall. <laughs> yes. It's been a while. It happened. It has. No. No. It's that was, fine. That was several hundred albums ago. <laughs> <laughs> I know that's gonna happen to me. I'm gonna. Absolutely forget Virginia Plain. That was the song I was trying to remember at the mm. beginning of this episode. <laughs> but uh, that's going to happen to me. We're going to like revisit song again and again. I'll uh, be watching TV or watching a movie and like some song will come on and it'll just be like some album track from some album that didn't stand out. And it'll just be rattling around the back of my head, driving me crazy until I can figure out. I'm like, I know it's something from the, from the podcast. Yeah. You know? <laughs> yeah. I've definitely had this moments too. It's pretty cool. Uh, do we need to go around the room? I don't is, think so. Is everybody on the positive on this one? Yeah. Fuck yeah. Okay. Absolutely. Yeah. Literally, this was the first listen on of the whole record, like this week. So it was, uh, I, w- I was on my walk and it was pretty hot outside. And I was wondering, hey, Rob, why'd you wear those black jeans and that black t shirt while walking down the street? <laughs> it's very warm. It's a little too warm for this. So that's, that was my experience with it. <laughs> that was my Moving Jonathan in. Richmond experience. <laughs> I was hoping that was. That, that's, that was really good. Nice. Uh, I think I, I, I mentioned during Young Americans, uh, you know, we, we, we were talking about Glowy, Bowie during his glam phase, and I mentioned how I never would have gotten rid of Mick Ronson as a lead guitarist. I think Mick Ronson's such a great sideman. Uh, uh, Young Americans and now Station to Station both have Carlos Alomar as, as his guitar player. He's going to be with him to like the at least the 80s. And the guitar work on this album was fantastic. But Bowie knows how to pick sidemen. Yeah, it's it's very true. I I, I watched the video of uh, Station to Station Live, the first song. It was great. It was amazing. And you saw, like, there's a lot of chemistry with the band. So whatever he's doing, I mean, he's it's really good. Cocaine. He's job. great. And cocaine. Yeah. Milk. <laughs> it's all the milk. <laughs> Is that the test? He just, like, he's like, all right, which of these things doesn't belong? And it's like a pepper, milk, and cocaine. And they're like, well, they all belong. And he's like, you're high. He's like, you're in the band. <laughs> That's right. Here's your hat. You're in the band. <laughs> all right, next time we'll be talking about Joni Mitchell, Hedgerow. <laughs>